0: President, I think I speak for the community here, and say that we are all behind you. You have led us through some very trying times, and we feel like that you are going to lead us on through this uh, troublesome time that we have ahead of us. Mr. Roosevelt, I sure hope you're getting along all right up there in Washington. I know there's a whole lot going on up by these days. Uh, a lot of this here, war activity, and I reckon you're pretty busy, but don't work yourself to death now. That won't do. A feller can just work so long, and then he plays out. And I sure hate to hear about you playing out on us, because uh, we're expecting a whole lot of you. I know we. it's kind of riding a good horse, uh, 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 a long way, but we're uh, getting such good service out of you.
1: <laughs> so during his famous fireside chats... Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States.
0: My fellow Americans...
1: FDR encouraged citizens to write him letters to let him know how they felt about things, and they wrote millions of them. It helped him keep track of the political wins. It was
0: a wins. occasion for us to talk with each other about things as they are today, and things as we know they shall be in the future.
1: This chat is from the winter of 1942, when he reminded Americans that their country had faced tough military odds before.
0: For eight years, General Washington and his Continental Army were faced continually with formidable odds and recurring defeats. Supplies and equipment were lacking.
1: In a sense, every winter was a valley forge. So, in the winter of 1942, Americans had a chance to speak back on the same platform President Roosevelt used to speak to them.
2: We employees seldom talk war among ourselves. Of course, we are alert for news of our progress. And when a noteworthy voice is heard on the radio, we slacken our pace and listen as much as our time permits. I am Carol Keesling, a cashier in a university bookstore. At work, The bookstore employees make it a point not to discuss war with the customers. This policy is used in connection with a widespread attempt to help the nation keep its head.
1: In May 1942, a radio program was broadcast featuring these voices of ordinary Americans. It was called Dear Mr. President.
2: Dear Mr. President. My name is Jack Carlisle, and I live south of Fayetteville, Arkansas. I wonder how those boys that died in 1917. I wonder how they're feeling now, if they can look
1: down and see what's taking place. For most of the participants, this was the very first time they ever stood in front of a microphone. Audio recordings were rare and expensive to a degree almost unimaginable today.
2: I think the trouble of the First World War and probably what it's causing this and this, but it didn't last long enough. I think we ought to have gone right on into Germany and those places there and show them just exactly how to win a war. And I think that's the way we should do the dictators. Let's go in there and cut off a few heads and blow up a few towns and really show them what the losing end of war looks like. When this war is over, I think the United States should take over the Western Hemisphere if we're going to have to police them. world why we should at least have a charge of half of it
1: my dear mr president i would like to ask you if alaska is fortified you needn't answer this because it would uh, give away vital military secrets to the enemy but these japanese fishing boats have completely mapped the coast of alaska and even know it better than our own naval men the first months since america entered the war were not going well There were still no victories to report from overseas. German submarines were sinking ships within sight of the Atlantic coast, and the US was powerless to fight back, and Americans were facing their own threats.
0: I am Mrs. Norman Miller, a housewife in Bloomington, Indiana. I guess we hadn't been very aware of the emergency until the last couple of weeks or so, but now with butter at 42 cents and eggs at 38, we've sort of begun to sit up and take notice with Norman's paycheck not increasing any, and the men at the stone quarry is getting laid off every day or so. It's not so good.
2: This is Reverend R.R. Reese, a
0: Negro...